Welcome to another episode. I don't know why I'm clapping all the time, probably because I'm just every, every time I'm excited having somebody on just like today's podcast guest. I want to say host, but today I'm the host. So, you know, I'm very excited. And again, you know, big thank you for being, you know, on this episode. We're going to cover a lot about real estate investments. We're going to cover Nizan's story, how he got involved into real estate. But first of all, I just want to read a little bit of his bio, what he is. So he's uh, Nizan Mosery, first of all, managing member and asset fund manager and co-founder of Cornerstone Investment Partners, LLC. Uh, he's involved in the acquisition management and this, this uh, posing and multifamily units ranking from 150, 400 units. So I know it's going to be more than that to the bio, but it's already exciting to me. So, you know, really thank you for being on the show and we i know we're gonna have a good time covering some real estate topics so thank you nizan oh, thanks thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it thank, honor. You. thank you thank you thank you so you know it's an honor for me you know because you're spending this time with me so it's a pleasure to, to meet you finally so maybe we can just dive in into the topic that everybody would like to know like who is nizan like who is nizan how he started in real estate because i mean you're a co-founder of cornerstone investment properties llc like you you're looking for these big projects 150 400 like units complexes how did it all started for you can you explain sure well it it, it all started when i was uh, when i was a young kid growing up uh, my father always taught me and my brothers that, you know, the, the richest person in the world is someone that owns a piece of land free and clear. You can borrow against it. You can lease it. You can mortgage it. You can build on it. You can do so much uh, owning a piece of land. Uh, and he also taught me the, the importance of uh, passive income, right? doing something once setting it in motion and having it pay you over and over again so that you can go out and do what whatever it is you're happy about and uh, i remember when when i uh, came back uh when i was 18 i went to israel and i, I was in the military and then when i came back uh, i didn't have anywhere to live so i started renting and my father and my parents were, were, were freaking out they're like are you paying rent that's like throwing money out the door you know go buy a place go pay mortgage go build your equity you know, I was a 21-year-old kid. I didn't have, you know, two, three million dollars in the back of my pocket to buy an apartment in New York City. So, you know, I, I was renting, and they, and they didn't like that. You know, they, they really frowned upon it. Uh, and my father also used to talk, to, you know, used to teach us that there's two types of people in this world: those that pay rent and those that collect. And you know, son, you always want to collect, never want to pay rent. Wow. So. Um, you know, growing up in that mentality, in that in that in that uh, house, in that type of home, um, always always had real estate in my life. If I even if I was doing something else, it was always in the background. I was always doing something. Uh, you know, I was flipping houses here in the U.S. I had a, a renovation and restoration company in New York City uh, with my brother for a while. We own properties, uh, you know, around the country. Um, when I was living in Israel, I was, uh, I was doing real estate over there as well, flipping houses and stuff. So it's always been in my, you know, in, in the background. Now it's in the for in the foreground. This is what I do full time now. That is awesome. That is a great story. You know, like, does your father, does he, was he an active real estate investor? I mean, first of all, like big credit, like to, to your father giving this type of advice, like that's very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. He, he wasn't necessarily a real estate investor like, like we are, where this is what we do. Mm -hmm. um, he had his businesses. He did what he did, but he also knew the importance of owning real estate. So, you know, for example, the, the clothing store that he, that was in the building, right? He had, he had the clothing store and it was in, you know, in the building on a store, you know, store ground level. And then one day the owner came and asked him if he wanted to buy the building. You know, of course he said yes, right? Let's do the numbers. Let's see if it makes sense. Let's see if we can afford it, if the rents and whatnot. And then he went and he bought the property. And, you know, my brothers and I, we grew up in that. And, you know, I, 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 was, I was the little kid who was, you know, spent summers cleaning out the water towers on the buildings, and, you know, renovating the units on the inside and cleaning out the garbage and, you know, learning from hands-on how to renovate and what to do and how to lease and, and things like, like that. So, you know, it, it yeah, it, he wasn't necessarily an investor, but he understood the power 
of investing in the power of real estate. Mm. Got it. That, that's powerful. And again, he installed a very powerful, again, I would say an anchor or a belief in you, you know, that you need to take this path. So again, maybe you can explain like people and just take us through the journey. I mean, you know, like working on your, you know, father's properties is great. Like learning all the traits, like what it takes. Again, you probably did a lot of stuff on the property. So maybe, you know, what else did you do? Like that, that was part of the journey to like, like, cause, cause that was, again, that was the property back in Israel, right? That was in New York, in New York city. Oh, in New York. Oh, sorry. sorry. Okay. Yeah. So New York. So what was the path again? Cause how old were you, how old were you at that time? When, when, uh, when I was in the, uh, doing yeah. the, the, the tanks and when I was, I was in my teens, 17, 18, 19, you know, and then I, uh, yeah, no, seven, yes, yeah, 15, 16, 17. Um, when I turned 18, I went to Israel and I did the army and then I came back. Um, yeah. but from, you know, when I was 27 years old, my father passed away and that really threw me for a loop. I didn't understand at that point what was the meaning of life. I didn't understand why is it that we work and we bust our asses just to die and, and you know, not live our lives. And so I, I kind of got out of New York. I moved back to Israel. Uh, I didn't do much. I was on the beach for about a year just watching the sun go up and down. And a friend of mine told me he was going to India. So I went with him and I traveled and I continued traveling for about six years all around the world. Uh, 59 countries in total, if not more. And uh, I learned the meaning. I learned the reason behind. I learned the ability to look at something as simple as a flower and be amazed by it. I learned um, to find beauty in, in simplicity, in simple things. Uh, I, I understood that it oh, wasn't come about... Come on. It wasn't about the... It wasn't about the, the accumulation of money. It was more about the journey. It was more about the reasoning, the why behind it, right? Why am I doing this? Where am I going with it, right? It was all also, you know, it's all about the mindset. Yeah. So I traveled the world, and then I, when I came back, uh, my wife and I, when I met my wife, we decided 10 years ago to move back to the States, and, uh, we moved, and that was the time when the market tanked, right? 2009, you know. It, every, everything was going down. People are, you know, losing their houses and their businesses and, 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 and it was going crazy. And this is the time when we decided to move back and we moved to Florida and I started flipping houses again and I saw the end, you know, you, 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 it's like playing chess. You have to be 10, 15 moves ahead to be able to navigate the water correctly. So yeah. I saw that the, that the foreclosure market was getting thinner and thinner and thinner. A lot more people were coming into the market. A lot more people were buying. A lot more people were paying a lot more for what, what, what they were supposed to be paying. And when I saw that, I started looking for different avenues. And obviously, I understand cash flow. I understand passive cash flow, rent, right? Having somebody pay for your mortgage. And then if you're good enough, you have a little extra you put in your pocket, right? Uh, but... I had a couple of single family homes that I kept for myself that I was renting, but I wanted more. I wanted bigger. And I started learning. I got myself a mentor. Um, I started learning the ins and the outs. I got myself, you know, I found my business partner 10 years. We're still together. Uh, and we started buying a, a multifamily. We started learning from the best. Um, we started going out there, making a lot of mistakes, not listening to our mentor, doing exactly the opposite of what they told us to do. But we learned, right? Now, um, you know, we've done over a thousand units, over fifteen hundred units. Uh, we're, we've been in many markets around the country, uh, and and it's just been a fantastic journey. And you know, when when people get involved, they think that you know what? I'm going to go buy a property and I'm going to make a million dollars tomorrow. And they get very disappointed and they get very upset that it hasn't happened. You know, real estate is is one thing that will take you and make you wealthy but you've got to bust your ass to make it happen. Nothing's going to be handed to you for free. You got to build the right team. You got to have the right mindset. You got to, you got to be personable. You got to know how to talk. You got to be out there. You got to, you know, you got to understand and you got to have a passion. You got to have something that's going to wake you up in the middle of the night and go, wow, I can't sleep because I've got all this energy. I want to go out. I got to, I, you know, let me underwrite more properties. Let me talk to more brokers. Let me do this. 
and 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 this is this is what will keep you going when times are tough, when the market is so hot that it's difficult to find a good asset. You know, yeah. what do we do? What do we go? So you build those relationships, right? You keep going, yeah. and you and you and, and you got to have your systems in place. You got to have your processes. You got to build your team, and you got to know how to analyze and underwrite and be very conservative in those numbers. So we went and, and you know, my business partner and I, we started doing multifamily and I was telling everybody that I knew because I was doing single family fix and flips and wholesaling and now I'm doing multifamily. So I had to go out and tell all my hard money lenders, all of my private lenders, everybody that I knew what I was doing and how they could help me. And one of the lenders I was talking to, he said, hey, you know what, I've got this 27 unit about an hour north of Orlando, it's a 20 cap. And at that time, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, Orlando, blah, blah, blah. And I hang up the phone, and a couple of days later, I'm thinking, I'm going, did he just say a 20 cap? Really? So I looked at the numbers again, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I called him up. Is the property still available? It is. I negotiated $100,000 off the, off the uh, purchase price. They wanted $500,000. I got them down to $400,000. My business partner and I, we went, we did our due diligence, we did everything. And um, the day our money went non-refundable, we found out that the subsidized um, income that was attached to the property was going to go away the day we took it over. So that the property was worth zero. So what was the portion of that? So that was, they were to zero? It was like 98% of the prop of the income wow. was going zero because the property was getting the income, not the individual vouchers to the tenant. Yeah. And the owner at that time wasn't taking care of the property. They were neglecting it. So it didn't meet the criteria anymore. So we had, you know, we were you know, freaking out. Oh my God, right? This is the deal that if we lose our money, could have ended our career in multifamily. But because we had such a good, um, strong coaching and mentorship, uh, we were able to go through it um, get new subsidy onto the property, new income coming in so that it's a voucher for the tenants. Uh, and we then went and we flipped the property to another investor. We threw on $80,000. So I brought the purchase price back up to 480, flipped it to somebody else, and we made $80,000 gross. And we walked away with our first deal um, as a flip, making, um, you know, grossing $80,000. Uh, and um, and that was pretty exciting because then we were like, all right, we can do this. And then yeah. we started building our track record and building our network of people and just going out there and doing more and more and more. And today, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that I've been able to go through all, you know, the journey that I have because now I go out and I share this with, with other clients, right? People now come to me asking me if I can help them do what I did. Yeah. And, and so now I'm out there now, you know, helping people go through the same steps that I did, being a sounding board for them and a coach and a mentor and a sponsor. So it's been, it's been pretty fantastic. Um, I've been extremely blessed uh, to be able to go through this journey. Yeah. And you just talked, I mean, you, you just spilled so many beans right now. You talked about the bad deals, about, again, the journey, man, it's a lot. I don't know if, if people, you know, caught like what you said, but, you know, I'm just coming back to the one question because, you know, when, when you talked about the flowers and I wanted to talk about that and you just continue going. So because I think it's very important, the question that I'm going to ask you. Like you've been traveling 59 countries, right? You, you went there, you smelled the flowers, and now you have thousand plus units you're a very successful you know sophisticated real estate investor i mean what happened because you could continue smelling the flowers and walking you know bare feet into the forest and you know eating eating the nuts you know what i'm saying because a lot of people when they start exploring like what i am as a human being you know the journey and they're like they'll go and smell the flowers they just they just want to do that like what happened into sure. that journey when you discovered yourself you was like man i want to like be rich and help a lot of people so it was a process, okay? Um, and yes, right? So when I was smelling the roses and the flowers, I was by myself. And then I found my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, my partner, and then we started smelling the roses together and traveling together and so forth. And what was funny is that when we moved to Florida, our plan was to live, was to buy a house, really nice house in a good location so there would be tons of upside 
live in it for a year because we were big hippies. I had, had a big goatee down to here. I had, I had dreadlocks down to my ass. So we were big Come hippies on. at the time. Yes. Really? And so, I, I want yeah. to see the proof, please. Please, we're going to make it a, a thumbnail. You, I'll send you a picture. We're going to make it a picture. thumbnail. We're going to do two thumbnails right now and, and previous. Man, that, that is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so when we moved... When we moved to um, when we moved to Florida, the plan was to live in the house for a year, then you know to fix it, live in it for a year, and then sell it and to continue on our our hippie life, right? Maybe go to New Zealand. My dream was to always live in Australia. I'd been there twice already. You know, I knew exactly where I wanted to live in Australia and 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 everything, or just continue traveling the world and and seeing the world. Um, what happened was my daughter turned three at the time. And so we said, all right, you know, we're going to be here. Uh, we need to get her into some schooling. And she started, so we put her into a school. And, and you know, suddenly the low-hanging fruit for the single-family homes that were in the area, right? I said, why, why don't we start flipping houses, right? We're going to be here for a year. Let's flip a house or two. Let's make some money. Started flipping a house, made another house and another house and another house. And next, next thing you know, you got a business. You got a. You got this thing going on, right? Plus, also, when you have kids, do you have any children? No, no, not currently. See, when you have, when you're by yourself, it's okay to go hang out and maybe sleep on a park bench and travel and you know sleep outside. That's okay. But when you've got kids, in my eyes, you got to have a stable lifestyle. You got to be able to give them. You know, a clean bed, a clean home. Yeah, you know, yeah. good food I don't, I don't, I don't know. If my, I don't know if my wife will agree to sleep on a, on a bench outside, but yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. Right. So, so we started doing that, and then again, when I, you know, in the beginning, when I said that, I saw the end of that single family craze coming. So then I started looking for multifamily, and then once I started going out there, and I started building this this thing with my partner. Um, and I saw how many people were out there and how many people we were helping both, you know, as residents, as tenants in our properties, right? Because we go in there and we make a, we, we create nice places for people to live. Um, it was, it was, it, it kind of, you know, something clicked inside and said, this is where we, this is where I need to be. Mm -hmm. This is now my journey. This is now my path, right? I found it. Um, I can still be a hippie. But then, you know, I can still do what I want to do um, travel-wise, but this is going to be where I put my efforts in. This is what's going to build us. And it's never about the destination. It's never about the top of the mountain. It's about the climb. It's about the journey that you take from the bottom of the mountain all the way to the top. Sometimes you go up that mountain and you'll trip and you'll fall and you may fall back, you know, a hundred feet and you got to climb back up, right? Sometimes you climb up and then the road's blocked. You got to find another way around it. Yep. So it's the journey that is enticing. It is the journey that is fulfilling. It is the person that we become on this journey. Yeah. That, totally. that, that, that's why we do it. Right. And that's what I learned while traveling, while, while, while being, you know, the actual traveler, before I was a traveling investor, I was a traveler. And, you know, I always felt that it was the, the, the destination, right? I need to get somewhere and I want to get there now. Yeah. But while traveling, I've learned that, you know, I've met so many people along the way. I've been to so many different places um, that uh, I wasn't impacted as much by the top of the mountain as I was by the people that I met while going to the mountain, by, by the, the generosity of the people that I met, by, by, by the compassion and, and, and the poverty and, and, and the different things that I saw that really made me understand that it's a journey. So then once I started building this multifamily business for myself, you know, then the question becomes is, where are we going to take this? What's the next journey? Right. Who, who are we going to become? So one of my goals is to, you know, uh, be on on a stage with Tony Robbins. Right. It's a good it's a good goal to have. And it's going to take time. Right. Uh, you know, so going to be a journey. Yeah. This is it. Right. So that's so then my so then the question. The question is asked, 
who do I need to become yeah. to share the stage with Tony Robbins? Good question. What kind of person? What kind of, you know, how much do I have to give back? What do I have to give back? Who do I need to be to, yeah. to share that stage, right? So you got to be some, you got to be someone who's really powerful, who makes a serious impact on people's lives, who does all that, right? Because I truly believe that we were put on this earth not to sit behind a desk and work from nine to five until we're 65 years old, but we were put on this earth to experience life, to experience the roses and the smells and the flowers and the tastes and, and the sights and the sunsets and the sunrises and the waterfalls. This is what we were put on this earth for. Wow. You know, we, we're, we're, we're a spiritual being yeah. having a human experience. Yeah. So this human experience should not be wasted at a job, or, right? Because when you're at a job, it's very hard to um, have complete fulfillment for yourself, right? You can, you just gotta be, it, it just, it, it's a different way of thinking. So for me, it's what's this next journey? How many people am I going to help? And, 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 and I get value from my life by adding value to other people's lives. Man. that makes sense oh yeah yeah definitely man i just have so many questions right now probably we're gonna you know find out all the answers on episodes number 60 uh because that's how many we, we will need to do to get everything like answered I, I, like what you said is just so true i love i love the perspective because i think you know that was very kind of i think i think i think you just pierced a lot of people who are watching right now they probably got shook a little bit which is a good good thing because what you mentioned you know it's all about the journey the climb because we as people we just have this big goal whatever and we don't enjoy the journey going towards that goal because when i'm gonna get the goal i'm gonna enjoy that but on the way to that it's gonna suck so and that's a wrong perspective what you're saying just enjoy that and you're gonna be happy when you're gonna get to it so I love that. I need to, again, I need to implement some of that, you know, because sometimes I just feel personally like, you know, you just don't enjoy it that much. You just go and do stuff. Again, you have the goals and you just like, I need to crush the goals, you know, like, so definitely great, great perspective. So what do you think, like, from monetary standpoint, how important is the money, like, to have the money in people's lives to enjoy the journey? And is money should be a big goal for them? Money should never be the goal. Because you will never have enough money. Money is important, right? Money is super important because that's the world we live in, right? I can go and put myself on an island and never have to deal with money ever again, but that's not where we live in, right? We have rent to pay, we have mortgage payments, we have a school, we have food, clothes, mm -hmm. light, you know, it, it's there. But you see, when I was growing up in New York, my motivation was it's all about the money. Go after the money, the money, the money, the money, the money, the money, right? And it's just like it's just like what we talked about. If that's your goal and your destination is just money, or that's what it is, you're just looking at the destination, then you're gonna be miserable because you're gonna do what you're gonna do things that you may not like, you know, you're gonna become a person that you may not like, all for the sake of money. Yeah. Now, what you should be running after is is a lifestyle focus on the lifestyle wake up every day right and say wow i get to go out and chase after my goals that's a completely different mindset than oh shit man i got so much things to do today yeah right wow i got i got all i got this entire list of things i gotta do oh my god no i get to go out and to live my dream how awesome is that I get to go out every day and go to the gym and bust my ass every single day. I get to wake up every day and take my kids to school. It's a privilege. It's an honor. What else would I be doing? Not I have to. I get to. Mm. It's all about that mind shift, right? Yeah. So I get to do this every single day. Money is important. Let's not, let's not you know, pussyfoot around that, right? Money is super important, right? But it's not, it should not be the end goal. It should be yeah. a means to an end. Yeah. If you create the lifestyle, and, and so many of us, we don't do this. And this is what I teach my, my mentoring uh, clients and my coaching uh, clients. I tell them, I said, first of all, what we got to do 
is we got to figure out what kind of lifestyle you want to live. Mm. What's your lifestyle? What do you want to do? What do you want to be? My lifestyle is I love to travel. So I need a business that revolves around my lifestyle, not my lifestyle revolving around my business, right? Mm. So this is another reason why I do what I do is because I get to travel a lot. I get to travel to different cities to look at properties. And then I get to travel with my family, right? Uh, two weeks ago, we were in Vermont skiing. Uh, in two weeks, we're going to North Carolina to go hiking for spring break. Yeah. Summertime, we're going for another six, seven weeks and, somewhere else. And, and, and for you, sorry, sorry for interrupting. And for you, like, you, you probably enjoy that, right? Because I just seen, like, before we jumped, like, on a Facebook, you seen the comment, somebody commented, I don't remember the name, is like, commented, like, oh, you're a road warrior. And again, for those people, again, he's thinking about it like, man, it's tough. Like, it's tough to be on the road. It's tough to travel. Because again, it's, it's, not, it's not his journey. Like, he doesn't enjoy sure. that. So what you're saying, just find, find the things that you like to do, right? Absolutely. Look, look, you know what? I love to travel enough to go to different markets, but it's tough. My wife is home by herself with the kids. She's got to take them, bring them. Now she's got to do everything. I'm away from my family. I'm always thinking about them. Are they safe? Are they okay? What's going on with them? I miss them. I'm, I'm, I'm spending time away from them. It's tough. But you know what? Um, what's the flip side to that, right? Yeah. The flip side would be me finding a desk job, coming home, being miserable, right? Not getting a chance to travel and go skiing with my kids or then go hiking with them and then go, you know, on, on the summer with them. And, you know, because when you have a J-O-B, and we all know what job stands for, right? It stands for just over broke. You're just enough overbroke to where you can't quit, right? But you yeah. can't do anything else because you're there. So you need that money to keep it because you're just overbroke. Yeah. And if I'm over, and if I've got a job, I got two weeks of vacation. Sure. So you go on that vacation and you're doing everything in those two weeks except really relaxing and enjoying yourself. Oh, we got to go here. We got to see this. We got to see that. We got to go there. It's like, dude, no. Uh uh. Mm. Right? So build a business and if you're not looking to build a business look at your employment and see how you can start shifting your job to be more lifestyle friendly today we have technology that we can work from home that we can come into the office a little bit less we can do that and all you got to do is change your mindset look at things differently and say okay what do i want my how do i want my life to look like so many of us never do that I call it living life by default. We're born into a family. We're taught by our parents. We're taught by our friends. We're taught by our educational system. And then we finish college, if we go to college, and then we get a job, and we go out to the bars at happy hour, and, and it's just, you know, I can tell you exactly what people are going to do. It's cookie cutter, right? Because they're living life by default. They say, well, this is, this is, this is what I was taught to, to do. This is where I was. And that's awesome. If you're, if you're that person and that's where you thrive in, that's awesome. I'm not knocking it. But we're on this podcast right now talking to people who want to make a change, who want to make yeah. a difference, who want to go out and to feel alive and to live life on their terms. So you got to go out and you got to think. Not many of us know how to do that anymore, right? We got to go out and we got to think for ourselves and we got to create exactly right just ask my siri create. everything that i want siri hey uh <laughs> dude someone once said people are stupid because of the lack of information yeah it's too much of it people are still stupid and we have all the information in our in the tips of our fingers right yeah again but we, we never stop to think yeah we've never stopped to think about what kind of life do i want and and if you know albert einstein Call you right back. Sorry about that. Yeah, no um, Albert Einstein once said, you know, imagination is stronger than anything else. Stronger than science, stronger than anything. It's your imagination. Hmm. What you can think of, what you can create, what you can put into your mind's eye, and you can send it out to the universe and you can focus on, you can create it and you can manifest it. Hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. So what, what do you think, like, you know, because again, for the people, they already know, I mean, you know, there's a lot of books like The Secret, you know, like Law of Attraction stuff. And some of people are just all like, it, it's, you know, like, you still have to do the action, you still have to like, do some certain things to make sure these things are going to happen. Because I tried, you know, I tried praying to whatever the universe and saying, Oh, give me that. And, you know, again, like, I, I wasn't maybe, you know, like, positive enough to attract maybe the, 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 these you know some of the things of course if you're gonna ask like oh give me the give me the private jet the rolls Royce, and give me the great wife and i'm just gonna sit at home and wait for it i mean this is just stupid you know like you should do something to to you know push yourself in, into the universe and go on and and do something you know to make sure that you will create those certain situations when you're gonna bump into the potential wife or you're gonna create something a business that will buy your private jet or a rolls royce whatever you want, you know, but you have to take an action. So, but the mindset piece, like what you're saying, oh, absolutely, it has to be there. It has to be there. So, you, you know, there's no other way around it because all the guests that we're having here in the show, again, you're a real estate guy, you know, but again, I see the passion and the knowledge and the experience, like you traveled 59 countries and probably, you know, if you've been in a real estate prior to that, you probably did that anyway. Cause you like, you enjoy traveling. It's, it's your thing. And you understand like, because when you travel, you just expand your brain. You see like what's going on, like how people react differently, what's going on in the world. You're just more aware to things instead of, you know, like having phone in your hand and like you don't know what's going on. Like instead of, you know, installing all the information that it's most of the time is false. So, you know, it's great. Like, so what, what's uh, like, where do you recommend for somebody again, who would be looking to get involved, let's say into real estate, you know, coming back to that what they should do, what they should do, like, and like, what's the stepping stones for them, uh, like to get involved? Cause there is de definitely, you know, hundred asset classes and like, but maybe there's- So the first thing you need to do is get educated, right? You need to get educated. You need to learn your product. You need to learn how, what, it, what your product is, right? So if we're talking about real estate you need, and, and we're talking about apartments, you mm -hmm. gotta know what it means, right? What is an apartment complex, right? You need to understand the language in this industry, right? Like what's a cap rate? What's the going in cap rate? What's, you know, what's LIBOR? What, you know, what, 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 you know, all these, you know, what is debt service, right? So you gotta, you gotta understand all of this information and you gotta get educated. You gotta learn how to underwrite. You gotta learn how to submit offers. You gotta learn how to manage it. So there's a lot, there's a lot of education oh, going on. Sorry for interrupting. Should you should a person learn all of that just by himself, like underwriting, finding the deals, or should should he like find the partners and just partner with those people, and leverage their um, their skills? Le always leverage, right? Real estate, we always leverage, right? Leverage other people, other people's money, other people's knowledge, other people's uh, strengths and weaknesses, and and everything, right? Always leverage. I am not the smartest person in the room. If I am the smartest person in the room, there's a problem, right? So I'm not the smartest person. I will surround myself with people smarter than me that know what we need to do and we'll get it done, right? So go out and get educated. Um, go out and, uh, and find yourself a business partner who compliments you, right? Who compliments your skill set, right? Go out and, and, and get educated. Find yourself a mentor. You know, I mentor people. I coach people. People that, that, that want to get involved in mentoring, in, in multifamily, in apartment buildings, uh, people that want to learn how to uh, fix and flip homes, right? How to analyze them, how to find them, how to talk to the brokers, mindset, how to build your team, because this is not right. a one-person uh, 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 game. This is this is a whole team, right? right. Uh, you know how to how to um, how to raise capital, right? Because you want to go out there and you want to do multi-million-dollar deals, and if you don't have a million dollars in your bank account, how are you going to buy it? Well, you use other people's money. How do you do that? How do you do it legally without getting arrested, right? Because it's, 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 we're dealing with millions of dollars here, right? Yeah. So this is a serious business. So yes, get yourself a mentor, get yourself a coach, someone who is doing it now, someone who's in the game now, who's been in it for a long time, who has a success track record. Find them, do what they do, and you'll get what they got. That's yeah. simple. Great advice, great advice, definitely. I mean, it's it's kind of a simple, you know, no-brainer kind of thing. But again, when you're fresh and you're just looking to get involved, I mean, it's 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 gold, what you just said. So again, from a passive investor standpoint, because, you know, like, 
I made a decision with wife. Again, we're not actively or passively invested into any deals, but again, that's our, you know, future, next future goal. Uh, again, but it's a journey, you know, I'm a man, I'm just going to really? be talking about the journey from now a lot. So, you know, it's, uh, but like from a passive investor standpoint, let's see, you know, how is that benefit people if let's say, and like the reasons, first of all, why should somebody should invest? And like, how is that going to benefit them if, if they have a business or, you know, they have a W2 or something? Sure. That's a great question. Well, a passive investor is, is, is awesome because they're going out there, they're doing what it is that they love, right? Yeah. An engineer, a musician, a doctor, an attorney, a lot of these people, they love what they do and they're making a lot of money. However, they, you know, let's talk like, let's say a, a musician, a violinist, God forbid they break their hands. And they can't play anymore. Mm. There goes their income, right? A brain surgeon, you know, breaks a finger or, or, you know, loses a hand. He can't do brain surgery. What then, right? So what being a passive investor does is it lets you go out and do what you love to do. Take your money that you've worked so hard for and put it in a vehicle that not only will cut you a coupon, will cut you a distribution, but will also give you appreciation. Right? That's what real estate does. And when you invest in someone, now, why multifamily, right? Because everybody always needs a place to live. Good times, bad times. And if you, the guy who's running the show, the syndicator, the operator, if you, um, if you know how to analyze and underwrite, I'm going to plug my phone in. Um, if you know how to analyze and underwrite conservatively, then you'll be able to ride out those waves uh, your investors uh, a good return. So being a passive investor is awesome, right? You get to go out and you get to do whatever it is you want uh, and you go and you find someone that you trust uh, that has a great track record and you invest with them. And it gives you a great return. Let me just plug this in. I apologize for this. No, no, no worries. You know, I think people enjoy, man. You're just giving a, a home tour right now. So that, that's yeah. helpful. <laughs> We're, uh, we're in the process of, uh, of building, a, of designing a new home for us. So yeah. it's, it's pretty exciting. Is it going to um, be bigger? Yeah, 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 much bigger. Awesome. Uh, it's about 4,500 square feet. So, you know, we, we put it out there into the world, and, and, and now we're, we're working at it, right? Beautiful. We manifest it, and we're putting it into action. We set goals. How much income do I need to have to make it happen? You know, yeah. what do we do? So it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. But um, so, you know, take, let's, let's compare stocks mm -hmm. and, um, and, and real estate, right? Yeah. So the stock market, you go and if, if you bet right, or if you invest it right, you do the margins and you do calls and whatnot. If it goes up, you make a little bit of money. If it goes down, you may make a little bit of money. A lot of times people lose a lot because just how we saw in one day, the market lost trillions of dollars. Yeah. Anybody that was invested in the market, their value went down like that, right? Mm -hmm. So probably the stock was not going to give them any distribution because the value went down. Yeah. In the market, in real estate, you invest in a property, you get, you get distributions from cash flow, from the rents that are coming in minus all the expenses and the debt service and mortgage, mm -hmm. and whatever's left over, we can distribute to our investors. And then while we're increasing rent, the net operating income is increasing, which means that the value of the property is increasing. Mm -hmm. So then when we sell it, now we're gaining the appreciation as well. Now let's say, you know, the market goes down a little bit mm -hmm. and the value of the property reduces a little bit. That's okay because we still have tenants paying the mortgage. As long as you analyze it correctly, right and you have that right debt coverage ratio yeah right even if the market softens a little bit and your rents come down you still have enough buffer and enough cushion right and if you're running a tight ship with your expenses you can ride that downturn out and come out the other end even better than you went in yeah. so that's why real estate is is awesome that's why being a passive investor is great because you don't have to deal with talking to the property managers. You don't have to deal with any of that. You just want to make sure that you get in with someone that you trust and that has a good track record.
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it is important. And now, like when we spoke about, I mean, it's information age and how to find any history, like about the operator, the deals that they had, the previous returns that they offered. I mean, anything that you want to find from a day one, you can go on Google. I mean, like fairly easy, you can find that stuff. If you can't, there might be a problem. Right. Maybe, maybe that's not the operator you want to deal with. So, cause again, exactly. it's kind of a standard now, like if you're using the social media and that's why we provide the service, like, like if you don't have it, you know, I, I come across like companies, they don't have a website still. I'm like, like what's going on? Cause again, mm -hmm. it's, it's a certain standards, but I definitely love it. So maybe you can talk about, you know, uh, like what do you have in the pipeline currently? You know, the deals that you're working on, maybe, you know, the returns, uh, like what you're planning to do again, everybody's talking again, you know, the, the market is going to shift. There's going to be a downturn. So like, how do you planning to exit these deals? You know, if you, you know, talk from a deal, you know, standpoint. Sure. Uh, so yesterday I was in Dallas, Texas, and I looked at a 292 unit property that uh, is in North Dallas in a great location, great area, uh, built in 1969, but renovated in 2016 and 2019. Um, there's still more units that could be renovated. Uh, and, you know, Dallas is a great market. So what, what, sorry, what was the percentage renovated? Um, so about 65% of the units were somewhat renovated. So that means that we can still go in and renovate those and then renovate the other 30, 35. That's, that's the way to do it. That, that's the way the sellers do, right? They're not going to renovate the entire thing. They're going to just pass it on to the next guy who's going to renovate the, the 15 right. and he's going to be passed it on to the next guy who's going to re renovate the rest. So, right. Yeah, right. yeah. That's a strategy. Yeah, but I love it. Like, what, so what particular about this property did you discover? Like, whoa, like I need to go and take a look at it. Um. Well, the fact that it threw off a good return off of cash flow really sparked my interest. Uh, the fact that it's in Dallas, the fact that it's in, um, in North Dallas by the loop, by the city loop. Uh, it, and and I, I've had a large portfolio in Dallas and in Houston, and we love that market. It's a great place. Um, and, and I think this is something that, you know, we can take down and it's an asset that, that the investors will be proud to, to own. And it's something that we can, um, that is not what we call heavy lifting, very light repairs, light, you know, remodeling, and you can, you know, throw it up a little bit higher on the rent. And so it's a good, strong cash flowing property with upside, which is very, very rare in today's market. That's very interesting because it's, a, you, you said it's 1969. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a, like, how much, how much are you planning to spend like per unit on, on a improvement? I would say maybe thirty-five hundred to four thousand dollars. Okay, not so, a lot. Yeah, yeah, what you said. Yeah, it's it's a light, like it's not heavy, which is interesting because again, it's a it's a C C plus property, probably B location. Is a good location. Great location. Great location. Great location. Dallas mm -hmm. is awesome. Like I never been to the states except the flag that I have, you know. So, but it's great. Like I, I spoke with multiple people again, and anybody who's watching here from Dallas, let me know. I love you already because it's a great market. Again, you know, like mm -hmm. medical, there's a lot of like, any medical, like Texas, I think they like, this is the number one spot when it comes to like surgery and like brain, like heart, whatever. So it's definitely a great market. So, so what else, what other markets are you looking at? Like in particular for the people who are like, like me, like why Dallas? Cause again, you're, where are you living currently? Just want to make sure. I'm I live right. in South Florida. South Florida. So again, why not look something in South Florida instead? Like why? Too why expensive. It's too expensive here. Cap rates are really low. Can't make good distributions. Um, you know, things are really super expensive here in South Florida. It's a shame. I would love to buy something in South Florida. Things are just too expensive. So when the market crashes a little bit and prices go down more, you know, or, or, or you know, become a little bit cheaper, uh, then hope then we'll be able to buy here. Right now, it's 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 too. It's too, too expensive. Even in the secondary and tertiary markets, it's still, it's very expensive. Uh, we're looking now in secondary and tertiary markets from Georgia, from the Atlanta market, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. We're looking in Utah, Wyoming, Idaho, all these places. Yeah, because people now, yeah, again, uh, some of the operators, they're willing to overpay, right? Because now it's- yes. And mm -hmm. it's crazy now. So nothing is available because I know it's very hard to find deals right now. And, you know, it just sometimes 
operators just buy the deals and it doesn't make sense. They buy it maybe on performers instead of doing, you know, their own underwriting. They still, of course, do, mm -hmm. but it, it's tough. It's tough. Like I've seen, you've probably seen some Facebook comments. Again, anybody who's watching, if you're like active in the business or you're just interesting in it, if you're in any like multifamily group, you're going to see people saying, I didn't find any deals this year. That was a past year because mm -hmm. it's tough. It's tough. So what do you think, like, if you're planning, like, you're going to take this, uh, uh, the 200, whatever plus uh, in Dallas, uh, the, the complex, like, what is the, what is the plan with this property? What you're planning to do? Yeah, we're planning to buy it, buy it right. Um, and immediately upon renewal of leases, you know, raise the rents, you know, 50, 100 bucks, right, without even doing anything. Uh, and then st the vacant units, we will um, start renovating them, stabilize the property. It's already a stabilized property, but, you know, you know, just cash flow it, increase the rents nicely, hold it for, you know, three, four, five years, and then turn it over to somebody else. Yeah, so um, if I'm not mistaken, it's going to be somewhere about 2.5 million increase in value, something like that. Yeah, maybe something like that. Something mm -hmm. like that, yeah. Maybe it's, it's, not, it's the best case scenario I'm doing here. So again, it's a, you know, not, not, the, not the right one to do, you know, so, but that's <laughs> awesome. I, I, I love that. So, you know, it, it's just great. Like real estate, like, again, I, I do believe that. And again, like multifamily, again, it just worked much better for people who are investing passively actively because there's a, you know, scale. It's, it's a hundred, like, and in your case, 200 units instead of just one unit one single family home. So for the people who are watching, they're thinking like, oh my God, like there's a lot of money. There's a lot of money, a lot of moving pieces, but like, I want to get involved, not from passive, let's say active side. What type of advice would you give to those people? Because again, like where we are in the market, is it the right time to flip deals? Because who knows what's gonna happen tomorrow? Like what, the, what they should do, what's the first step for them? Get yourself a coach and a mentor and get educated. So what about, let's say I crossed that line. So what's next? Should I go, should I go and buy, let's say. Uh, uh, build relationships house? with brokers. Build okay. relationships with the brokers because they are going to feed you their, their pocket listings, right? The, the, the one deal. You yeah. got to convince a broker that you're the person that's going to close on their deals, hmm. right? You got to build a relationship with them. And if you're just getting started and you're like, well, how do I do that? That's why you need a team. That's why you got to build your team. That's why you got to have a mentor and a coach who can teach you how to build your team and how to find the right players for you so that you can go out and start doing a $2 million, a $5 million, a $10 million project, right? You know, even a $2 million, right? You're going to need a coach to help you, to guide you, to, yeah. to, you know, walk you through the underwriting, to walk you through the, you know, due diligence, the inspections, the, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Right. It, it, it is so true. Definitely. You know, like partnering with people, you know, it, it's a, it's a big thing instead of, you know, going and trying to do everything by yourself. So again, you know, you mentioned, you know, a couple of times thing like, you know, getting educated yourself, you know, getting the mentor, there's, I mean, events going on, like you can get a lot of free content, just like podcasts like this, maybe watching YouTube, you're listening on iTunes. I don't know, but it's free. So like beside, beside that, like the books, you know, what type of, three maybe business or personal developments books, which you recommend for people to go and grab and read when they're starting out? Um, well, the first book would be Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Everybody needs to read that. Um, then is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Got it. Uh, then there is uh, by, what's his name? Chris Voss, I think his name is. Uh, Negotiate as if your life depended on it. Uh, and then uh, there's a book by one of my mentors. I think it's called um, Emerging Market Cycles or, you know, uh, by David Lindahl, Emerging Market Cycles, something like that. Uh, and it talks about the real estate cycles. Um, and it talks about, uh, you know, real estate and multifamily and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, those, those, those books, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great recommendations. Love it. So again, before we wrap up, I just want to say, you know, big thank you for you again, spending the time giving, giving the house tour a little bit and just explaining people what it takes, you know, to have the right mindset. And again, you know, like, you know, it's, it's very easy. Like once you get your mind straight to do things and like, if you think you can or, or, or can't, you're right. So you, you know, right. that. Mm -hmm. so, That's you know, right. 
maybe you can tell the people again if they're looking to get in contact with you maybe ask a few questions about investing or if they're interested to you know investing with you partnering with you what will be the social media platforms that, that they can get in contact with you sure awesome thank you so you can find me on on all platforms either through my 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 name nitsan mosery n-i-z-a-n mosery m-o-s-e-r-y or you yeah. can find me as the traveling investor and I'm on uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube. You can, people can go to the YouTube uh, and check out my uh, YouTube channel. I've got a lot of videos there, educational videos that can help them as well. Uh, it's called The Traveling Investor. There's a lot of videos. Uh, what else? Uh, TikTok. I'm on TikTok now as well. Uh, so all the social media platforms as a traveling investor. And, uh, you know, they can call me. My number is 561-212-7247. Or they can email me at Nitsan, N-I-Z-A-N, at investwithcip.com. And my business website, my company's website, is www.investwithcip.com. And CIP stands for Cornerstone Investment Partners. Awesome. That's great. Again, guys, uh, lo love that you just put out, you know, all the information, all the information is always going to give you down below. So you can click one of the links, get in contact with, you know, with Nizan, ask, ask questions, what you want to know. Again, I'm sure like you put out some free educational content. Like I know we connected through the Facebook. So he talks a lot about mindset investing. Why is it a good, you know, vehicle for you to go and invest? So connect with him on all these social platforms, you know, TikTok, I need to I need to follow you on TikTok. I, I think it's going to be a good fun in there as well. So it, it's awesome. I love it. I love the time. And again, really appreciate, you know, coming in here today, you know, spreading all the knowledge and the wealth of education, like traveling 59 countries, man. Whatever, whatever you guys learn from this show, I learned one thing. And you know what that is. Life is a, is a journey, not a destination. So I really Amen. appreciate that today, Nizan. Well, thank you, Martinez. I, I appreciate it. I look forward to uh, maybe one day grabbing a drink with you, either stateside or abroad. Sure. That will be awesome. Definitely. We're going to make that happen. It's already done. Absolutely. Awesome. Sounds good, guys, my friend. Thank you so much. Yeah. So you guys already know what to do. If you enjoyed the show, click like, subscribe to the channel. Again, go in contact with Nizan. Go and check it out his platforms. Reach out for more information. And as always, I'm going to see you on the next episode. Thank you.